Hello everybody, hello my friends, hello Sonia. We are so happy to be with you again for this second episode, or actually the real first episode of Satorial Talks, the podcast. Today's episode will have the title Wearing Suits in the 21st Century Are We the Counterculture? Uh, well, this is um, a theme that we already tackled a little bit in our pilot episode where we say the pressure to dress down, which was uh, a very interesting topic. And actually, we've been preparing with Sonia since a few days um, this talk show about are we the counterculture today while we are wearing suits? And then, all of a sudden, something happened. Uh, somebody on Twitter two days ago sent us a tweet to say that Vox.com, which is a very big information website on the internet, Vox.com, published a very interesting article on the subject. And this is why we decided today to answer to this article. But... First of all, I want you to understand something. We're going to do this talk show and everything we're going to do on Sartorial Talks, the podcast with Sonia, will be recorded live. That is to say that we're not going to use any editing uh, tool. We're not going to clean any mistakes, any errors. So if you hear some mistakes, if sometimes our voice is not exactly right, if sometimes uh, I have to blow my nose because I'm French, oh, if sometimes we have to, uh, uh, you know, we're using some, um, some noises here and there, it doesn't matter because we want to keep it fresh. We want to keep it as a real talk and a real discussion. Yeah, the idea is that you're sitting here at the table with us, which last time we recorded in the dining room. Now we're in our little medieval room, which is um, in our house, which is from the 1700s, uh, late 1600s. And so we went into the oldest room we could find and made it our audio studio. So I hope it works well. So let's go directly now to this famous article uh, that was published, I think, two days ago, the 30th of September on Vox.com. And the title of this article is How the Power Suit Lost Its Power. Isn't it an interest, interesting subject, Sonia? Well, I think we've seen this same article 10 or for, for 10 or 15 years. So it's not especially a new title, but, you know, it's still going strong, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the problem today, that many people, there seems to discover that the suit is dying or that people don't have to wear suits anymore and like a rebellious act and that people seems to, you know, be mainstream saying that, oh, we're going to get rid of this tie, we're going to get rid of this suit, but it happens, I would like... I would say at least a decade ago, right? I think so, but wow, they seem to think they made a big splash with this article called How the Power Suit Lost Its Power on Vox, and it's huge, right? Vox.com's huge. That's right. Let's read it. Let's read it um, chapter by chapter, and let's try, if you, if you don't mind, Sonia, to comment it for our listeners. Yeah, so, let's just relax and take it paragraph by paragraph. Exactly. So it starts like that. How the power suit lost his power. And listen to this. The, I don't know how you call this in English. The subtitle or the punchline says, The suit was once the uniform of the powerful and a requirement for every man. Now, people mostly wear suits when they are in 
trouble. Isn't it a weird way of saying it, Sonia? I, I find it very strange to characterize it like that. But I will say one thing before you start, and that's like. It's important for me anyway not to attack the writer because he's just expressing his views. And what is the writer's name, by the way?、Uh, by the way, his, the name of the writer is Mark Dent. Right. So no、um, bad vibes towards you, Mark. We're just、um, countering what you said with our own thoughts. So this is a thought sharing session. Of course, and of course, all the article is based on the. Um, the session in which Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook had to go to in front of the Congress last year, you know, for this, ad- we don't know all the details about these affairs about how they use private informations,、uh, whatever. You you all have heard about that, but the fact is that this is very funny with the media of today. They seem to be more interested in the fact that Mark Zuckerberg, oh my gosh, was wearing a suit instead of a hoodie, instead of a hoodie, and the article starts like that. In April 2018, Mark Zuckerberg made a rare public appearance wearing a suit. Oh my gosh, wearing a suit! <laughs> Congress had compelled him to testify on Capitol Hill. The lawmakers curious why Facebook had been so adept at harvesting personal data and so inept at policing Russian spies. So we're not not going to go into this Russian spy. Things, but that this is what the article says, and then it goes like that: Zuckerberg's suit was navy, and his tie was bright blue. Oh, wow! That's that's a revelation. A shade or two lighter than Facebook color scheme. The New York Times, the famous, the the untouchable New York Times, called it the "I'm sorry" suit. Can you believe that they called it the "I am sorry" suit? And like many outlets, praised his appearance and poise. He was lauded for a strategic decision to make a visual statement of contrition. What is your first reflection on that, Sonia? Well, I think it was just、uh, he weighed in the balance.、Uh, is it good for me to wear a suit or not? And probably had a lot of advisors, and they said go for the suit. So he went for the suit. I don't think he put a lot of thought into it. I don't think either. And the、um, article continues like that. He said, "Had he? Oh." Was he in a suit because Congress has had dictated the terms for him? For one of the few times in his adult life, or maybe the only time actually, <laughs> sweating through a barrage of government questions, Zuckerberg was not in control. And these days, when you are not in control, you wear a suit. This is kind of an overstatement. Oh, this is the world according to Mark, and Mark's welcome to his opinion. But、uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, especially considering that I'm guessing Mark's probably in the baby boomer population, and if he went down the line a little bit to the younger generation, they would be telling him a little bit of a different story. Well, you're talking about Mark Den, not Mark Zuckerberg, I right? I am. I am. I'm talking、yeah. about the author of the article. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I think that.、Um, Sometimes, and that's the problem with style and anything about clothing and even fashion. Well, fashion is a different subject, but anything related to style or beauty or anything about the appearance has been looked upon since decades as a kind of a shallow subject, to say the least, or superficial subject, and something which is not important in life. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about only wearing a suit. Only 
sending signs of power or whatever. We're talking about beauty. We're, talk about, we're talking about self-esteem. We're talking about what signal do you send to other people in your life. So I think that writing immediately that wearing a suit in the case of Zuckerberg is saying, I'm sorry, and it's a visual statement of contrition. And uh, this day, to, this guy is writing, I'm sorry I call him this guy, I have nothing about Merck done, but when you write, and this day when you are not in control, you wear a suit, well, ladies and gentlemen, Sonia Glynn here and myself, we are in control in our life as many hundreds of thousands of followers that we have around the world on YouTube, on this podcast, on Instagram, on Parisian Gentlemen, on Sartorial Talks, these people are in control precisely. That's true. And you have to understand the generational element for sure, because we're talking about attitudes from people who are from the industri- after the Industrial Revolution, when suits were made in factories, and they were really poorly done and really nothing to fall in love with. But once people become a little educated and they know what bespoke means, um, they know what full canvassing means. They, they, sell, they say custom in the USA, not bespoke, right? Whatever labels you want to give it. But when you step up a few notches from industrial made wear, you see things in a different light. And I think a lot of these people have strong opinions about casualizing America and Europe and the rest of the world are coming from a view of suits made from an industrial process, which is not that beautiful. And you're speaking of beauty, right? Yes. And the, the sen- you're absolutely right, uh, Sonia. But when he says, when you're not in control, you wear a suit, it means that the suit should be a kind of a substitute for your own self-esteem, your own self-control. I believe exactly the country. I'll give you an example. With Sonia, we, are, we have a tradition which becomes, well, n- not a way of living. But it's it's a, tr- a tradition, but we just observe how much dividends it pays. And when we travel, we try to travel the most elegantly we can. That is to say, we travel most of the time in suits and even ties. And when you enter a long-haul flight from, yeah, no, no, we do this all the time, from Paris to Atlanta or Paris to New York or Milan to, I don't know, Los Angeles, when you arrive in an airplane or even at the check-in with a tie and a suit, people look at you like you're literally falling from the moon. But they don't look at you, believe me, as a loser. They rather look at you with a smile. They rather look at you with respect and they don't, well, they don't, you don't look to them that you're out of control. On the contrary, you seem to them that you are very in control of your own life. And, you know, these people work there at least 40 hours a week. So they appreciate someone coming to their place of work and showing a little bit of respect for them. And you almost see them sigh a sigh of relief, like, oh, that's refreshing. And, you know, we get to cut <laughs> the right. line a few times. We get a little bit of upgrades. Sometimes we get free champagne. Don't say it too, don't say it too loud. No, I mean, I don't know if it'll last, but it, so far, it's, we've been met with a very positive attitude instead of a negative attitude. That's right. A lot of positive attitude. It happened to us uh, a few days ago in Paris at an airport, and somebody said, please, f- sir and, and madam, please take this line. Take the, the quick line, even if we just had an economic <laughs> ticket. So it pays dividends. The article continues like that. 
They put Mark Zuckerberg in that suit, say, a guy called Deirdre Clemente, which is, who is, I'm sorry, a fashion and culture historian and author of a book I didn't know of, I'm gonna buy it, called Dress Casual, How College Students Redefined American Style, referring to Congress. And he says in this book, I would have had a lot more respect if Mark Zuckerberg showed up in a hoodie This is who I am and what I do. As if this person who is probably one of the richest men on earth, and yes, he's known to wear hoodies and flip-flops and, you know, sneakers and sweatpants, uh, but in front of the Congress, it would have been better for him to show up in a hoodie. This is actually, I'm sorry, Mr. Dan, this is a ridiculous statement. Well, I mean, I think... The bottom line is no one has the right to tell you who you are, what you're worth, who you should be. And if you display the courage to present yourself a certain way, then go for it. I'm not going to judge you, and I don't think anyone else has the right to judge you either. Yeah, but that's a very... I agree with you, Sonia, but I think this um, this kind of article shows many, many things that we're going to discuss today. First of all, the ignorance of uh, the broad public about why do we, with our counterculture, our movement, and the people who are following us, not only us, but many people around the world, I would say many millions of young generation who like to dress up now, why do we do that? What is the idea behind? What do we, do we want to say to the world? And precisely, do we want to say we're out of control? No, precisely, we want to say we are in control and we care about the way we dress, and we care about the message we just, you know, um, give to the people when they meet us. And it's not only about job interviews, it's not only about wedding, it's not only about this kind of thing, but let's take a look further at this kind of incredible, for me, um, article. Uh, honestly, it, the, um, this man continues like that. He said, although the suit is historically associated with projecting Elegance. Thank you so much, Mr. Dance. At least you said that. It's projecting <laughs> no. elegance, authority, and the mastery of a profession. Those qualities hearken back, I'm sorry for my Fre French accent, hearken back to the days when suits were prevalent, worn by the Atticus Finches or Don Drapers of the world. How long until we realize the suit? while still used for special occasions and by a shrinking number of traditionalists, and we will come back to a shrinking number of traditionalists because we have a lot to say on the subject, has become associated with the opposite. The suit, listen to that very carefully, my friends, according to this man, the suit has become a uniform for the powerless. <laughs> Do you really think, Sonia, that the suit has become a uniform for the powerless? Well, of course. I mean, that's not my opinion. Um, people are welcome to their opinion. But uh, to me, and especially after getting You're so, very many, sweet, darling. so You're many letters very sweet. from 17-year-olds uh, to 27-year-olds who have just discovered, like they're discovering the world of classic cars or the world of timepieces, who've just discovered the world of 
artisan ware made by bespoke tailors or sartoria using handmade operations to construct clothing, which which creates an emotion, which actually creates a reaction from others when they see um, something well-made, no matter what it is. And wearing something well-made has an effect on other people. You can deny it if you want to, but put yourself in a room of people. Uh, Say most of them are wearing cargo shorts and t-shirts and wait until that man or woman walks in with a bespoke made outfit and just see what your reaction is. See how you feel. Well, and I agree with you 100%, but to go a little bit further than that, saying that people who are wearing suits are the powerless, is the uniform of the powerless, this is a very um, almost aggressive, if not um, offensive sentence for people like us who like to dress in suit. And I'm sorry, you're very sweet with this man, but what he says here in this very article is extremely offensive for probably now millions of young men who are what we call the sartorialists. They, he called them a shrinking number of traditionalists. I don't think these guys really care what, what this person thinks. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think we're that concerned about other people's opinion. We can find it amusing, but do you really think that affects Well, it's people? just because this is a 2.4 million followers uh, media, and what he writes here is an overstatement. So maybe he wanted to shock the people. The only thing I want to say is that uh, this journalist, I don't want to offend him, I don't want to attack him, but it's probably he wants to be mainstream and to reveal to the people something new about, you know, wearing a suit is from the past and now you have to be yourself and wear hoodies. But it's, it's late for almost a decade, in my opinion. That's true. But do you realize, I know you're the one that told me this, that Americans, and I'm thinking Mark must be an American. He is. They are kind of made fun of um, by the Europeans. Sorry, Americans. I'm American, so no offense. Um, and... What I've heard and what you told me yourself is that American men tend to all look alike. They wear the same t-shirts. They have the same haircut. um, They walk the same way, which I could say about the Dutch people too. But anyway, um, and they actually have the same demeanor. So it's kind of funny. If you drew a cartoon of American men, all the guys would basically be a duplicate of each other. Now, that's not true everywhere, but it's a standing joke in Europe. Okay, yeah, I follow you on that. So who wants to be another sheep in the herd or another bull or cow in the herd? Not me. That's correct. So I'm going to cool down. You're right. (laughs) I just have to take this as a piece of misinformation, to say the least. But let's continue with the article because, you see, this guy has really have been trying to be... uh, you know, mainstream. Anti- antagonistic a bit. Yeah, too, antagonistic. Yeah. And, but what he's writing was probably relevant in 1990s, not today. Let's listen to him again. Yes. He say, there are exceptions, and that's for you, Sonia. He say, women celebrities have recently donned suits in glitter and velvet and purple. I don't know what he refers yeah, Kate to. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, modernizing a Marlon Dietrich staple. And the suit is an important component of non-binary clothing trends. Here we are again. Women in suit in the sight of this mainstream or so-called, you know, um, hipster journalist. Um, 
when they wear a suit, it's because of the non-binary clothing trend. It's all about this theory that now the genre, masculine and feminine, has to blend. What is your opinion oh, Maybe on he's that? touching on androgyny. And I always struggle with androgyny. Can androgyny, you? yeah. Uh, you. you struggle I with the... I struggle with this word yeah. so much. And idiosyncrasies also. I can't say that. Will that's, you, will you try that one? Idiosyncrasies? Idiosyncrasies. <laughs> Not bad. But yeah, so maybe that's part of it. But also he's calling women rebels, basically. Like they're making, they're getting into fashion instead of classics by being so bold as to wear a suit. But he seems to approve of, approve of that. No? Well, I'm married with a rebel, ladies That's and gentlemen. Right. I'm so happy. My wife is wearing suit all the times, and she's very well known now. I can say all around the world for wearing suit in a very feminine way, and that this kind of gender debate is not relevant here. Because may I remind you that in the 50s and in the 60s, business, even in the 70s, the business women were wearing suit, were wearing what we call in French tailleur tailored clothes, whether with, yes. with a skirt or with a pants, but it was something which was a staple. Not only with Marlon Dietrich, this is a lack of culture from this man, because just look open any book, any kind of, even a newspaper from the... And prep schools today, I'll remind you. <laughs> exactly. It's very common. Exactly. Yeah. So there's nothing about Marlon. Okay, Marlon Dietrich was probably the icon of a suit wearing, and we have in front, Josephine Baker was also a staple for that. But... Well, honestly, this is not real. And he continues like that about the women. He said, those choices are made to subvert expect expectations Sorry, of the suit. But most people who wear suits are men. Oh, wow, that's big news, my friend. <laughs> and they wear them because they have to please someone else. What? Do I wear a suit because I have to please Someone else? Well, for five years, we've been saying the opposite, that wearing a suit's now a choice, not an obligation. Exactly. So, yeah, he's a little late to the game on this he's one. He's very late to the game. Parisian gentlemen, the website and the blog and the website we, uh, um, we animate since 11 years now has been writing that uh, there's a new generation of men. The people who had to wear a suit to please somebody, that's to say a boss, or to be in accordance with a... Do you call this um, dress code or kind of a tradition or even an obligation for the office? They had to wear a suit because they had no choice about that. But most of the time, if you just remember this black or gray suit, they all looked the same. Then they were, sorry, quote unquote, a little bit crappy. And navy. But all that's become extinct for a while now. There's very few places that even require a suit. Yeah. And now you have a new generation of people who dress because they want Right. So this is sort of a dead argument. This is a dead argument, Mr. Dent. I'm sorry for you. And he continues like that and he says, so he said, but most people who wear suits are men and they wear them because they have to please someone else, whether it's an employer or Congress. Unless you live on Park Avenue, the suit brings to mind job interviews, junior salespeople, I'm sorry, I can't help but laughing. Young employees behind the counter of Enterprise Rent-A-Car, hotel clerks. Oh, don't forget the um, flight attendants. And court appearances. <laughs> you forgot that one. Yeah, well, we're going to write uh, soon an um, article on flight attendants. Because but if you see their suits, they're usually like lime green ties or um, burgundy with some other strange combination. Um, these are more like cosplay type. Uh, presentations, not real suiting in my view. To their credit, they don't choose it. 
they have to wear yeah, it. Yeah, in these situations, yeah. In this situation, and believe Very me, I know... Very small sample size there. Well, yeah, I know some people at EasyJet with their orange ties at Transavia, which is a subsidiary of Air France. Mr. CEO of Air France, if you listen, if you by chance have somebody who works at Air France, knows the CEO of Air France, of the person in charge of Transavia, we can help. We will do it for free <laughs> to try to restyle the persons of Transavia because those poor people, I even have a friend who is a pilot. Okay, pilot, they still have this uniform and give them some kind of a poise. True. But... Uh, the stewards, I don't know how you call these, the flight attendant, the male flight attendant, have to wear a green tie. Yeah, it's almost like a clip-on tie. It's really sad, but it, it is actually hey, they a have to do tie. it. They have yeah. to do it. So if you listen to me, Mr. from Transavia or from EasyJet or from many airlines, we will do it, well, almost for free. But please stop dressing your flight attendant and uh, with um, orange or green tie because... This is almost harassment. <laughs> I would agree. When we put music like that, is that we have to take a little bit of a sip of water of a burgundy wine. Uh, we have to... Um, just take our breath because I remind you we are totally live. We don't mix anything. We just use this fantastic tool called a Rode um, Class A server biased. Um, I think it's called the Rodecaster, which is a fantastic. We are not getting paid to say this. He's just telling you. No, what no, 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 no. It's just, it's just. A, I mean, it's a fantastic tool. Let me see. Let me see. What's the real? It's called a, a, a Rodecaster Pro, and it's a fantastic tool that is um, made by these people from Australia that literally understood that the podcast industry was booming and it's an all-in-one whatever so this allows us because we don't like to edit we don't like to be perfect all the time it's like in style you don't want to be perfect we like to be as natural as we can well, we basically have to edit everything so it's just a relief now just to be natural i think yeah it's a relief even if if it's um kind of challenging we already have been recording for 26 minutes and 12 seconds exactly <laughs> and we're going to continue with this strange article so keep reading and our friend mark dan continues like that when you are in control well it's very this is very strong strong sentence when you're in control or at least in relative control from the c-suite down to the long rectangular table in the open air office you wear whatever you want which is almost never a suit it is the vest or a bomber jacket for men. Well, well, that's a very that's a discovery for me. A bomber jacket <laughs> or a blouse or a shell top for women. For people wealthy enough to attend one country casual wedding, I don't know why people have to be wealthy to attend a wild country casual wedding. I didn't know that, but that's very American. The male guests and potentially the groom can get with white light slacks. And a button-down shirt. Can you imagine somebody just being married with a button-down shirt? Well, I mean, he's saying, I believe that there still exists a code among certain groups of people where you're expected to dress well. Well, and I think he says the contrary. Say we, you can go through your marriage only with a button-down shirt without any kind of bow tie, any kind of... 
you know, morning coat, any kind of fuzz. That's what he wants to say. True, but he's saying there's still a standard. Basically, in the office, he says the key words, which we agree with, you can wear anything you want. And that's exactly what we're saying. You can wear anything you want. And we cho- we choose to wear artisanal clothing. Yeah, and that's the very bottom of the subject. It is. Because he said it's all about freedom as if we, the sotorialists, are the people who are interested in tailoring, in shoemaking, in artisanship, in craftsmanship, in traditions, we were not choosing what we were wearing. We were doing this because we were forced to do No, we don't, sir. We even spend much, much more money than we have to dress like that. That's right. And I have to use the words of the younger generation. And I hope that you guys will open your eyes and your ears to these guys who are in their late teens and uh, mid-20s. They're saying we want to step out of mediocrity. They're feeling like they're part of the herd. And they love to step out. That's for sure. We receive so many letters in this. You have no idea. I think we can say we receive on a daily basis letters from people from who are 17, 18, in their 20s, but even sometimes younger than that, yeah. who are already putting money aside to buy a bespoke suit. This is incredible. True. Let's continue with this example and maybe uh, the last example for this first part of this show. This man says, at this year's Oscars, the male celebrities who garnered the most headlines, like Shadwick Boseman. Do you know who Shadwick Boseman is? I have is? no clue who that is. Well, I'm sorry. obviously somebody very special and very famous in America, but we are only, I'm only French, and, and Sonia and I'm I are. I'm in Europe a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're European. So, Chadwick Boseman, if somebody knew, uh, know what it is, I'm sorry. Yeah, please I don't leave know. a comment, or we're just going to like search into that later. Yeah. Uh, so he said, um, at this year's Oscars, uh, the male celebrities who garnered the most headlines, like Chadwick Boseman, spurned suits for outfits that resemble dresses. J.P. Morgan lightened his dress codes to business casual for most of his 237,000 employees. And in 2016, the bank Goldman Sachs, the financial firm reputed to, quote, unquote, rule the world, nixed its suit requirements in March. Yeah. We already talked about that. This is nothing yeah, new. Yeah, nothing the only new. problem it poses, the only problem that it's created by this is that the companies who were selling suits to the 230,000 whatever employees of these banks, uh, I, I want to say the people who are in the middle of the suit market, like the big Italian brands who were selling suits for 1,000, let's say between 1,000 and 2,000 euros, they are in big trouble these days because they have to address a new population who wants to dress up because the population who just was dressing up for because they had to dress up has literally disappeared. Right, and this just translates into higher standards of crafting, which we're all for. So I think that... um, um, this article is so interesting, actually, from a sociological point of view, even from a, I would say, from a philosoph- philosophical point of view, that we will probably dedicate a part two 
of this show to this article for, for our um, from our friend Mark Dent. Mark <laughs> Dent, if Mark, if you listen to us, you are our friend. We would love to have you on the phone because with our new equipment, we can have a phone call from you and we can yeah, have go. a debate together. <laughs> so this hand this second episode of our tutorial talk. I'm so happy that we are back. I hope you um, you enjoyed this talk. It was a very natural and I hope a very enjoyable talk. Did you enjoy yourself, Sonia? Uh, yeah, it felt great. I want to do more. Yes, we're going to do more very soon. Thank you for listening and see you soon in the next episode of Sotoyal Talks, the podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.